This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Instagram as well. Happy holidays to all. Merry Christmas. It is the season of giving and of love. So just wanted to wish you all some, you know, positivity as you embark on your endeavors tonight. Hopefully you aren't in the midst of last minute Christmas shopping because, I mean, what a disaster that would be, right? Like, I, I feel like at some point it, it, there is a, a certain time on the clock you get to where you decide, you know, the, the recipient of said gift is just no longer worth it. I'm sorry. Cut it, cut it too close. Can't get you a gift maybe next year. But I say that as someone who actually just finished uh, purchasing my, my final gift for the season. So I'm uh, poking my chest out. But I, I was also a, uh, uh, you know, a victim of having to do the last Chris, last minute Christmas shopping. Uh, but call us up 800-919-3776. We'll, we'll, we'll have some fun tonight. We could do some, some Christmas stuff, chime in on whatever you want. But we also will get into the sports. Uh, Zach Wilson, is that the last time we saw him in a jet uniform? Got an interesting report on Fox earlier today that we will discuss later on in the show. The Knicks, what a devastating loss that was last night at home to the Chicago Bulls, courtesy of DeMar DeRozan's and one on a step-back two-pointer. The Knicks had that game in the bag and just fumbled it away, so we'll talk about that as well. The Nets keep on winning, and the NBA gambled a little bit because they didn't expect Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to both be in net uniforms this season, which is why they opted not to put Brooklyn on Christmas, and it came back to bite them because the Nets are probably the hottest team in all of basketball, and it, it is a star-driven sport. They got two of the biggest stars there is in Katie and Kyrie Irving. They're playing a lot, a lot better under Jacques Vaughn, so a little bit of a misstep by the NBA, but you understand why they did it. You couldn't trust that with KD opting for, you know, his, his trade request and the Kyrie Irving saga just didn't know what was going to happen. So uh, they, they chose to go in a different direction, and the Nets will not be in action tomorrow. But we will have the Knicks and Sixers kicking off the five-pack, and that is coverage that will begin right on these very airwaves beginning at 11.30 a.m. Knicks-Sixers, Christmas Day. Should be a lot of fun. We will talk about that. Carlos Correa, what's happening with his contract? Because every time he signs a, a deal, uh, you know, it, it looks like a press conference is is going to be, you know, in effect. And then all of a sudden, we start backpedaling because the, these medical reports. And there's some, I guess, concern about an injury that transpired a decade ago for Carlos Correa related to a, a, his fibula. So we will delve into what that means for the Mets. It does look like this this deal is going to be done, but it's just a matter of, I guess, putting some protective language into the contract in case this is an injury that resurfaces at some point. Because when you give a guy a 12-year contract, you're committing to him that, you know, deep into uh, his, his, his 40s, uh, you, you obviously have to protect yourself, not just from, you know, injuries that could come and surface, but those that happened in the past. So you understand what's happening there. You just hope that if you're a Met fan, this is still a deal that has to get done. But ultimately, where we have to start is, of course, with the New York football giants. Because this afternoon, they they had it wrapped under the tree. It was a gift to their fans in the form of clinching a playoff berth that ultimately uh, was intercepted because the Giants just couldn't cash it in. 
they were benefited by the Lions, you know, lining again, losing to the, the Woeful Panthers, who, by the way, have a chance to win the division, that NFC South division, and get into the playoffs, uh, led by Sam Darnold. For all of you uh, quarterback wins, people. Uh, but the Panthers beat the Lions. The Chiefs beat the Seahawks, which opened the doorway for the Giants to clinch a playoff berth with a win in Minnesota this afternoon. They had a 13-10 to 10, uh, lead. It was tied late in the fourth quarter, and for some odd reason, the Giants elected to blitz on a third and 11 when Minnesota was at its own 41 with no timeouts. I had no... It, to me, that made no sense. That made no sense, but it led to a Justin Jefferson screen pass. He picked up a big chunk of yards, and Greg Joseph, uh, the kicker for the Vikings, hit the dagger as time expired, dropping the Giants to 8-6-1 and one on the season, and we will now have to wait another week before they can potentially clinch. They play the Colts next week before closing out with the Eagles, who right now, speaking of the Eagles, have the ball at the at their own 46-yard line, up 20 to 17 on the Cowboys with 12 minutes left in the third quarter. So the second half just underway. I'll keep you posted on that game. If you're a Giants fan, I guess you have to be rooting for the Eagles to win this one because if they do, they wrap up the number one seed in the NFC, and then they have nothing to play for in that Week 18 matchup if it does come down to that for the Giants. But they should be able to take care of business against Indianapolis next week. Uh, but at the, uh, you know, at, w with this game, I understand that if you're a Giant fan, you come into it thinking, you know, this is not a game we're expected to win. So how is it possible to, to be that heartbroken, fo heartbroken following a loss? I would argue the other way. I think as you, as you did this season in recalibrating what the expectations were for the group, I think you did this game. The Giants played well enough to win. They, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with, I, I guess, quote-unquote, one of the best teams in football. I think the, the Vikings ultimately are going to prove themselves to be frauds, but neither here nor there. Uh, the Vikings are right now the second seed in the NFC. So for the Giants to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a team that coming into it was undefeated in one-score games, and this was a close one, lost on a field goal. Vikings were 10-0 coming into this, this game today in one-score games. There is no question Minnesota is more talented. So for the Giants to go on the road and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with that team, with Daniel Jones, I thought, playing one of the most impressive games of his career, considering all the circumstances, I think that has to make you feel in the moment good about your chances to win this game. But then afterwards, say, man, we, we, we missed out on a real good opportunity to, to clinch, not just clinch the playoffs, but just, you know, to pick up probably the, the best win of the season when you think about it. The Vikings, I mean, they just keep finding ways to win these games late. Last week they were, were they were down 33 to nothing at the half to Jeff Saturday's Colts and, and overcame that deficit. And, and it was the biggest deficit overcome in NFL history. And then today I, I just didn't get the feel that the Vikings were at their apex until late. So if you're a Giants fan, I understand being devastated. That's, that is a brutal way to lose. And I tweeted this out, at Tybee Butler. Death taxes and the Giants losing a game on a 60-plus yard field goal. We saw what happened, was it a couple of years ago, uh, against the Eagles. Happened against the Panthers. The Giants just have a knack for losing 
these heartbreaking games on long field goals. And today, that was the story. To be in that game, though, despite losing the turnover battle to nothing, having a blocked punt eventually lead to a touchdown on the road against that team who had only w- lost once at home and it came against Dallas, I think that that's impressive. And that has to you know, empower you going forward just from a confidence standpoint because we're going to get to whether or not we think the Giants, when they do clinch the playoffs because they should beat the Colts next week, uh, can they ultimately win a playoff game? Because we might get this same matchup in week one uh, uh, of the playoffs, in the in the, the wild card round. We could very well have a rematch in Minnesota, Vikings-Giants, which I guess if you're a Giant fan, you would have to be rooting for because I don't think you want any part of the Niners. The Vikings, that's a team that is begging to be bounced in the first round, begging to be bounced in the first round. But we'll get to that going forward about whether or not the Giants can, can win a playoff game. I, I, I thought they were excellent today. Daniel Jones, 30 of 42, 334 yards, a touchdown, added 34 rushing yards on the ground. And I get he threw the interception. And he also had a fumble that was recovered by Evan Neal. So that doesn't you know, register as a turnover on the stat sheet. So uh, it, it, it's a game where he didn't take care of the ball as, as well as he could have. And it was actually his first interception since that Lions game, what, five games ago. I thought Daniel Jones was was pretty spectacular today. And he's hitting receivers. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, like he looked like a star today. And Danny is just hitting these guys, just big throw after big throw. And once Justin Jefferson scored that touchdown and they, they kicked the extra point to give the Vikings an, an eight-point lead, I thought it was over. I'm thinking, yeah, this that's it. That That is a dagger. This game is over. But Daniel Jones said not so fast, and him and Saquon Barkley hooked up, and the Giants ended up tying the game. Saquon uh, eluded the defense for uh, a rushing touchdown, and then Daniel Jones, keeping the play alive on that you know, two-point conversion, found Bellinger at the back of the end zone where Patrick Peterson actually, they, sh- they, they showed the replay on the broadcast. He was inches away from deflecting that pass, inches. It was a perfectly timed pass, patience and poise for Daniel Jones in the pocket, and he was just really good today. So, uh, look, this was a season-long evaluation of Daniel Jones. And, look, before the season, I'll be honest, I said we have our answer already on this guy because the, the, the more you prolong, uh, the, the more you prolong the process a- a- at trying to find your answer, I think we have a really good idea of what this guy is. He's proven me, even me wrong. I got to come on here and admit that because I did not see this version of Daniel Jones coming to form I did not see him elevating his game to this level and I understood there was a lot of optimism because of what Brian Dable was able to do in Buffalo with Josh Allen Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen Josh Allen came in with high expectations and his and his year one he was pretty bad with the turnovers and, and his inaccuracy and immediately in year two he's in the playoffs and now he, you know, he's been thrust into MVP conversations the last couple of years. Daniel Jones is no Josh Allen, so I just felt like it was unfair to hold him to that standard. But despite him not being Josh Allen, he has been able to elevate his game to a point where now, if you're a Giant fan, isn't the expectation and the hope that he's your quarterback next year? You, you, you have to. Based on how he's played this year, devoid of uh, legitimate weapons, it's been him, Saquon Barkley, and Bust. You know, Darius Slayton's out there as your number one receiver. He's not a true number one. 
And that's no disrespect to Slayton because he's talented, he's got speed, and he's made some big plays this year. But for him to be your number one receiver, uh, you're operating at a deficit. The Giants losing Sterling Shepard to a, an offense that already is, is bereft of an abundance of talent was a killer. So for Jones, I, I just had to come on here today and give him credit after what I watched this afternoon because I thought he balled out. And he put his team in position to win that game. And if Richie James, they, they were down 17-13 to 13 with about six minutes left in that fourth quarter. And it's a, a, I believe it was a third and five that he hits Richie James right on the money and he just dropped it on the Minnesota 37, forcing the Giants to settle for a field goal. And, you know, Graham Cano is just automatic. So that cut it to 17-16. to 16, But if not for that drop, uh, who knows what happens. Maybe the Giants win this game. Daniel Jones, he, 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 was, he was spectacular today. And for the most part this season, the numbers aren't going to jump out at you. It's not like we're going to sit here and say he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. He should be in the MVP conversation. None of those. But where you were before the season, as far as how close you were to, to having the verdict reached on him versus where you are now, I mean, it's a stark contrast. It's night and day. And I don't know that he's going to be the quarterback of this team when they're competing for championships. What I do know is if you're a Giant fan, you should be rooting for Daniel Jones to be on the center week one of next season. 800-919-3776. We'll get to your phone calls and hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. We'll also get to the Jets because when I watched Thursday night, man, it had me depressed. I'm a diehard Jet fan. I, I thought that at 7-4, and four, this team was headed to the playoffs. And it, it's just come fall. It, it just came apart, just right at the worst time. Four straight losses, and, and as far as I'm concerned, there's no longer a quarterback controversy with the Jets. I think we have our answer already. Some folks are just afraid to admit it because there's an attachment to him, or because of where he was picked in the draft. But we saw the difference between Trevor Lawrence and, and Zach Wilson this past Thursday night, and. The results, not pretty if you're a Jet fan. 800-919-3776. We will get to your phone calls. We're going until 8 o'clock tonight. Happy holidays to all. Merry Christmas. We're looking forward to having a blast. It's Ty Butler here. He's got Joe Leo. He's got Chantel. We're going to have a blast tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Eagles so Gardner Minshew led a touchdown drive put the Eagles ahead by 10 Cowboys respond with the field goal so the score now in that game is 27 to 20 Philadelphia is going to get the ball back and as I mentioned at the top of the show here's an opportunity for them to clinch the number one overall seed in the NFC and as we learned last year it's so important now because only that that one seed gets the first round by and, it, I mean, it didn't work out for the Titans last year, nor did it work out for the Packers. But you still want that by, I, I, I know it's the rest versus rust, that conversation that we get into every year. But you still would much prefer to have that by. And the Eagles, especially dealing with a banged up Jalen Hurts, who might, this injury might cost him the MVP. Because, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I thought him and Mahomes were neck and neck. So him missing a couple of weeks here is probably going to cost him that award, but I think you trade that in if it means your team is set up best to go on a deep playoff run, and that will be aided by a victory tonight. And, and just from the standpoint of the Cowboys, I, I, I badly want to take you seriously as a football team as far as being a contender. 
I, I, I can't do that if you're going to lose to Gardner Minshew. And I get the Eagles are still talented. Minshew is just a really solid backup quarterback. If the Cowboys are contenders, like people keep trying to tell me they are, this is a game they have to win. And with that, his first series of this game, pick six, I mean, what are you doing? It's how he ended the loss in overtime against the Jags. It's how he started this game against the Eagles. Dak, no no one's thrown more interceptions since Dak's come back in week seven from that injury than, than him. No one's thrown more interceptions in the league. So he's got to clean that up. 800-919-3776. We go to Robbie in Massachusetts to start things off for us tonight. What's up, Robbie? How you doing? Hey, Ty. Nice to talk to you again. And uh, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year, brother. Same to um, you, man. Same to you. Appreciate was, you chiming it was, in. It was a it was thanks. No problem. It was a very tough, uh, tough loss. It was very tough. I mean, if you thought this guy was kicking a 61-yard field goal, I said, oh, yeah, it's going to go to overtime. I couldn't believe it. But a couple of things I wanted to share with you. I, I, I just, you know, Daniel Jones, I agree with you. He had a terrific game. But it seems as though, like, Mike Kafka, as soon as the Giants get up the 40-yard line, they become conservative. And, you know, there was a lot of drops, obviously. I mean, there was one interception. Again, obviously, the fumble with Bellinger. So they had their chances. But, I mean, there was one sequence, I would say, four minutes and 21 seconds left. And the first pass is a one-yard screen pass to Barkley. Why don't you just run the ball? They could have been running the ball. They were down by one point at that point. But then they come back down, and they, and they tie the game. But one thing that bothered me was, you know, Again, it's just a lot of mistakes on defense, too, at critical times. A third down and five that results in a touchdown. Uh, a turnover by the punter. And uh, another third down that results in a touchdown. And then, again, you know, you look at the last play. They scored. They get the two-pointer. And Wink Martindale, for some reason, is blitzing on third and nine, which I didn't yeah, understand. The other I, thing I, I didn't understand is, yeah, I go ahead. I didn't understand that either. I, did not, I, I didn't get it. Why are you blitzing on third down? And even worse, it's a third down and 11. Why are you running five guys up the field at that point? You gave up 17 yards. So in essence, they gave him 26 yards on two plays. I, I just, I understand he blitzes a lot, but that's not a time to blitz at that point. At that point, you just want to keep everything in front of you at that point. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'll get your thoughts on that. But it was very frustrating to me. But again, why is it Barkley running the ball with four minutes left down by one? You got the ball. The defense does its job. And then you get three and out. I mean, you know, they get a little too conservative sometimes for me. But, you know, when you talk about Daniel Jones today, yeah, he had a really good game. And I wanted to see more of this, this season. Unfortunately, you know, obviously, they don't have guys that stretch the field as well. But you know what? You made some, you made some comments, Ty, when you talked about how they stood up with this team. This team that is, you know, what, got 12-3 now. They were able to overcome a lot of things in this game. They were down 10 nothing. So, you know what? Go into next week and feel positive going against the Colts. They should beat the Colts. There's no excuse not to beat the Colts. You're on your home field, and but they battled today. They really battled. I'm, I'm proud of the way the team battled. I am. Yeah, they and did. Look, and I appreciate, I appreciate you know, the call, you. Robbie. So, uh, so, uh, just to work in reverse order, I, I'm already looking past the Colts. The Colts are not a real football team. It, it, the only win they've had under Jeff Saturday was beating the Raiders, which everyone seems to be doing. You blow a thirty-three nothing lead to the Vikings. I mean, that's it's historic. It's embarrassing. Uh, the way that they got wiped by the, the Cowboys, they, where they gave up thirty-three points. It was that thirty-three in the fourth quarter. The Colts are not a real football team. I'm already already looking past them and giving the Giants that win. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I think the question now just becomes: Do you think they can be competitive and win the game? And if you're getting this same matchup, where it's Vikings Giants again. You can absolutely win that game. You went toe-to-toe with them today. I still don't trust Kirk Cousins in a big spot. I think that 
the Vikings are uh, they're, 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 they're fraudulent to some degree. I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but at some point, they're now 11-0 and in one-score games. This this is the fifth time that Greg Joseph has won the game on a field goal. At the, 33-0 last week. At some point, you know, this is going to correct itself. And I think this is a team that is begging to lose in round one. But it, ju- it does show you the growth that we've had this season with the Giants, where it was, you know, don't go out there and embarrass yourself. Just be competitive. Let's see what Saquon can do. Let's try to get our answer on Daniel Jones. And now, you know, two weeks away from the playoffs, we're having a conversation about whether or not they can actually win a playoff game, which I think they, they can. Based on what I saw today and, and for the for the majority of the season, I know, you, you know, they, they, they lost by double digits to the Seahawks. They, that Lions game was a debacle. The Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, you hated to see that. They were banged up. But for the most part, I think the Giants have been a representative football team. I don't know that they've had the toughest schedule because uh, the NFC just doesn't seem to be loaded with elite teams. But you, you play who you play, right? So the Giants have been taking care of business. And to go out there and win that game they, that the way that they did on Sunday Night Football against a, a really good commanders team who I watched the pregame show, everyone was picking them to win that game. The Giants have, to me, put together the type of performance this year that has me thinking they, if they match up with like the Vikings in the first round, I, I think they could win a playoff game. And that has to make you happy, just going from where we were versus uh, you know where we are now. Just to go back to that drive that Robbie mentioned, it was so the Giants had kicked the field goal to make it 17-16 and then forced a Minnesota three and out. And right before the blocked punt, that first play they ran on that drive was a short pass to Saquon Barkley. So his, his argument is, why are you not running the football with Saquon? Which I understand. Any play that involves Saquon Barkley is the best play, right? The only problem with that is, if you remember the third and four play... Jones throws a really good ball to Hodgins, who had it in his hands, but it popped out at the last moment because I forget the name of the defender who came over. I believe it was Hicks uh, for the Vikings. He comes over and knocks it out of his hands. So, I mean, it, it, it would have worked. It, it just the, the Vikings give them credit. They made a great play on the ball. And, the you know, the block punt, it, it, it's frustrating because the Giants could have won this game. You just had too many things go against you. You lost a turnover battle to nothing. You had a block punt that led to a touchdown. You uh, had that third and 11 play, which, again, I just don't understand why you're blitzing there from the Minnesota 41. They have no timeouts. That, that, that just makes no sense to me. And Justin Jefferson gets them into Greg Joseph's field goal range, and he hits a 61-yard field goal to, to win the game. So that's just a brutal way to lose. That is a tough way to lose if you're, if you're the Giants. But you got to feel confident about their ability to come back next week, beat the Colts, get into the playoffs. This would just be the first time since 2016 the Giants are in the playoffs, second time since 2011. So it's been a long time since you've had playoff success. You take this season for what it is. And, and again, Daniel Jones, he's answering the bell. He is answering the bell. More of your phone calls coming up, 800-919-3776. The Cowboys have just taken the lead against the Eagles, or I'm sorry, they're going to tie the game pending this extra point. Eagles had the ball up by a touchdown and then fumbles the snap in Cowboys territory. Dak throws the touchdown to Michael Gallup. So pending this extra point, we're going to get a tie score here in Dallas. 
Uh, does Gallup get two feet down? Yes, he does. So the so the Cowboys and Eagles are about to be tied at 20, 27 apiece. It's a big game for both teams. Dallas still alive for the NFC East crown. And if you're a Vikings fan, you're rooting for Dallas because Minnesota's got a chance to, to get that number one seed. So there are a lot of playoff implications riding on this game. We'll continue to keep you posted. 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Speaking of Christmas, so Joe Leo, hi, what's up? How are you, Ty? How's your Christmas shopping going? Uh, it was going great until about three days ago when... Uh, uh, what happened? You know, my family does a secret Santa, so we all do around Thanksgiving. We pull whoever name we, we have, and then we have about a month to get that person a gift somewhere around $100. So I get my secret Santa. November 30th, I order my secret Santa gift says it should arrive by... So well in advance. We're, we're well talking in advance. a little under a month in advance. Yes. This is you doing your due diligence. Like, you are all set and ready to go. Nothing to worry about. I'm on my P's and Q's. I thought I was good to go. Fast forward three days ago, I get an email saying, sorry, it'll arrive January 4th. Oh, so... How is that helping anyone? No, it's not helping. And it, at least give me some advance, not five days before Christmas, to scramble and try to come up with a last-minute Secret Santa gift. At least give me some time to have some leeway. I ordered this on November 30th. Oh, well, almost a month, 25 days till Christmas. And it is what it is, I guess. That's depressing. So now, are you the type of person who's so like in response to that email are you are you emailing back something nasty like a nasty remark because that's putting you in a bad spot as you mentioned like first of all the fact that i'm ordering something and it's not going to get here two months later is is a disgrace second of all in addition to that you're you're letting me know four days five days ahead of, of christmas that sounds like you know unprofessional so are you sending a nasty email back if it was, if the order was canceled, if, if I got an email like, sorry, we couldn't fulfill your order, then I would have an email with words that could not be produced on radio littering that email to, to said company. I think that the company should, like, they, they should do something nice for you. Like, this, this could come, you know, some discounted price. Like, you can't just say, I'm sorry, it's not going to be ready in time, and then that just does it. Like, that, that just takes care of it. Because now we're putting you at a disservice. We're putting you at a disadvantage. So whoever is the recipient of this this secret Santa, now I think you're going to be judged. Because like part of us, like if we're getting a if we're getting a gift from someone and it comes after Christmas, don't you like low key judge the person giving you that gift? It loses a little bit of luster. <laughs> like you like, like really you you had all year to plan for this, and you're gonna be the guy that shows up a, not just a day or two late. Re- January fourth, we're already in the new year. It's nine days after Christmas. You know the Christmas <laughs> tree is out on the block by the time this thing is getting to the, to the to the house. Yeah, so I mean you're, you're gonna be whoever I, I pray that whoever this this uh, recipient is doesn't judge you too harshly, but I I be judging you. I'm still because. hoping for a Christmas miracle. I'm hoping, like, you know, 9 a.m. tomorrow, there's a knock on the door from the FedEx guy, and it's the gift. Yeah, I don't like people knocking on my door. So, I mean, all, all, all power to you for hoping for that. But 
uh, maybe I don't know. There's something you could do nice. When, when are you plan? When are you going to see this person? Are you seeing this person tomorrow? I am seeing them tomorrow. I'm going to my you parents' show up house. With, you I gotta, gotta, gotta show, show up with something. something. I gotta show yeah. up with something. Whether it's a bottle of wine, extra, I don't know. I gotta, like I gotta think interim. of something. In the interim, you, you you just show up with something. How about you? How about you do this? Show up with a Zach Wilson jersey. I I mean that might just and it's find its way in the trash with all the rest of the wrapping paper. Well, I might as well saying, not wrap it. There might not be too many of those at the conclusion of this season. So you might want to, you know, put that up, hang it up, and cherish it because it's going to have not much value going forward. So just hang it, hang it in your room. I, I, I mean, ahead. I think Dix is going to be overstocked on Zach Wilson jerseys moving forward. The, 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 the ones that they have are, are too many already. Get rid of your Zach Wilson jerseys now. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone calls we go. Joel in the car wants to chime in. What's up, Joel? Hey, Ty. Yo, what's up, man? Merry Christmas. How you doing? I'm good. It's Noel like Christmas. Oh, Noel. I'm sorry. I I read that wrong. I'm sorry, Noel. Go ahead. No problem. No problem. Uh, So, yeah, I'm a lifelong Jets fan. You know, grew up in Long Island. You know, plays football there. Um, you know, back to the Hosher days when, you know, remember the Jets were at Hosher. I didn't play at Hosher, but I played, I played D1 football as well. And, you know, I'm 22 now, and I came into this, this season optimistic. When, you know, the odds came out that the Jets were going to win five games. I jumped all over that. Uh, and I was feeling pretty good, right? Uh, but I, I think down to looking at Joe Douglas and – the recruiting uh, or drafting that he's done, I, I'll give him a pass. He's earned that. Uh, but Zach Wilson, you know, one of the things that would have stuck out in the beginning was he wasn't even a starter, I think, in his junior year. Right? He, wasn't never, he was never a captain of his team. And, you know, I, I watch quarterbacks. I've watched him. Here's, his, here's a knock on Zach Wilson. He's got arm talent, but he cannot guide a receiver to save his life. It's all pitch and catch, you know, uh, you know, throw it into too, too, too deep coverage. Hopefully your receiver goes up and jumps and catches it. And that's what he did at BYU, too. A lot of that was never leading the receiver. Now, where we are today, I was at the game against the, 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 the Lions a couple, a couple Saturdays ago. And, you know, the beginning drive, when you had the TV timeout to start the game, it's about a two- or three-minute wait for commercials. Now, and I'm right there at Section 101, and I'm looking at the, the huddle. The whole team's in a huddle, like, hitting each other on the shoulder pads, getting psyched up, getting ready to play. This guy is literally to the left of the huddle, outside of the huddle, not conversating or, 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 or with his team at all on an island, just looking at his uh, wrist, wristband. I don't like him, or he's just an elitist, and he thinks, you know, I don't need to be in the huddle. But little things like that, hey, you know, hey, Here's the answer. We got to get a uh, somebody who's seasoned next year, whether it be Carr, whether Minshew. I hate to say it, but yeah, he's much better. Uh, or you know, uh, Garoppolo. And yeah, because where our team is right now, we have three or four. So we're gonna have to start to the Sauce Gardeners, the Brees Halls. You know, Quentin Williams got to get paid this year, but we have some time, so we need to get a stopgap. And I'd love to see. Us get somebody who can run and orchestrate an offense. You don't have to be too special, but you need to put up 28 points a game. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, and Merry Christmas, I, my brother. 
it, it, listen, happy holidays. Appreciate the call. It's an excellent phone call. I think what worked against Zach Wilson and the Jets coaching staff and GM was that this team, like Joe Douglas was so good in these last two drafts, it actually hurt them in their ability to, to try to develop this quarterback. Because when the Jets start off, you know, 7-4, and four, when, as you mentioned, the Vegas over-under prior to the season was 5.5, and, and I also jumped all over that. When you start off 7-4 and four and you've got a realistic shot at making the playoffs, they were 5-2 and two with Zach Wilson, and you've got a realistic shot at making the playoffs, you have to strike where the iron is hot because this organization has watched this team miss the playoffs 11 straight years and really only came close, what was that, 2015? And I guess 2011. Today is actually Joe, Joe Leo, uh, also a Jet fan. Today's the anniversary of the uh, Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown that I mean, it was so deflating. Because the Jets and Giants in that week, what, 16, both fighting for the playoffs. And it was the Giants who won that game and then went on to win the Super Bowl. So who knows what happens if the Jets win the game. But uh, the point is, in the last 11 years, they really haven't flirted much with making the playoffs. So when you get to a point where you're 7-4 and four, and this team is clicking the way that it is, it, it, it's working against you trying to be patient and developing your quarterback. But I guess the retort to that would be, how is this guy who's got weapons all over the place? Because that's all we heard last year. The Jets don't have enough weapons. This year, you draft Garrett Wilson, and he immediately becomes the best receiver on your team. He's got one of the brightest futures in all of football at that position. You've got Elijah Moore, who last year probably was their best receiver. And then, you know, we heard that he had some, uh, there was some dissension as, in the locker room as far as, like, his targets, and he didn't want to be here any, anymore. But then once Mike White comes in, we're, we're seeing the Elijah Moore of old. So you've got Garrett Wilson, you've got Elijah Moore. Before he got hurt, you had Brees Hall. But then you substituted that with the likes of Michael Carter and now, you know, uh, you know um, uh, Zonovan Knight. You still have Berrios. Corey Davis has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. But the Jets did surround him with enough talent. And they also gave him, I guess, arguably the best defense in football, inarguably a top-five defense. So when that side of the ball is taken care of, you've got weapons. There is no excuse for Zach Wilson not to develop. So on one hand, I can say that the success and the, the quick success that happened quicker than we would have expected worked against developing the quarterback. I can say that on one hand, it hurt them in trying to be patient with him. But on the other hand, how you develop a quarterback and get him to reach his maximum potential is to surround him with the weapons I just outlined and to give him a dominant defense. And he still stunk it up. Zach Wilson this year, 28th out of 33 qualified passers in total QBR. There is no excuse to be made. I had people arguing with me on Twitter the other day, complaining about the offensive line. And yes, it's, it is a unit that has experienced a ton of injuries. The, the Bakai Becton one in the preseason you know, killed them. You bring in Dwayne Brown, who's 37 years old. He got hurt. Uh, you know, George Fant was hurt. So it, it's been, you know, plug in every single week. Uh, for that offensive line, and is it an elite offensive line? Of course not. It's it, it's it's severely flawed. But for some odd reason, every time the Jets put another quarterback not named Zach Wilson, the offense immediately looks significantly better. Why is that? 
Last year, Josh Johnson looked better. Mike White did. And this year, Mike White looked better. And then Chris Strebler comes into the game and immediately leads the Jets to a 76-yard drive that the only reason why it didn't end in points was because they were going for it on fourth down as opposed to kicking a field goal. Why is that every single time you bring in someone to relieve Zach Wilson, they look better? The fans aren't booing just because they don't like him. The fans would love to see Zach Wilson succeed. I had someone tell me the other day, you, you guys get paid to hate on Zach. Fool, I'm a Jet fan. I'm invested in this guy. You know how long I've been looking for a franchise quarterback? My entire life. Coming into this season, I was rooting like crazy for this guy to be the answer. Because that sets you up perfectly going forward. A a, a quarterback on his rookie contract. Being great in year two. We see it work all throughout the league. And how you're able to build the rest of the roster around him while you're capitalizing capitalizing on him being on that rookie contract. Why would I be rooting against him? Why would I be a Zach Wilson hater? No, my eyes are telling me that this guy not only stinks, but might be the worst starting quarterback in all of football and might be one of the biggest NFL busts in in the history of the league. Warrior phone calls coming up. 800-919-3776 right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the type of weather where you like, you really just don't want to go outside. Oh, man, frigid. Ty Butler going until 8 o'clock tonight. We reacted to the Giants losing a heartbreaker earlier this afternoon in Minnesota against the Vikings. They play in an indoor stadium, so uh, it, w- it was freezing apparently in Minnesota, but they had the controlled environment. So that uh, you got to love that if, if you were playing in that game. Uh, but they lost today. That's a, that's a crusher. 61-yard field goal to end that game. I wonder if you're a Giant fan, if that ruins your Christmas, or if you're someone who's like, you know what, didn't expect us to be here. We're still going to make the playoffs. We beat the Colts next week. We're, we're in. Uh, I, I don't care like how optimistic you are. I, that That is a soul crusher this afternoon. That would put me in the worst headspace. Might even cancel the Christmas plans. Meanwhile, if you're a Jet fan, nothing to be happy about after watching Zach Wilson just get thoroughly outplayed by Trevor Lawrence on a Thursday night football with the world watching. I- I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what the second year leap looks like for a quarterback with high expectations. Trevor Lawrence goes number one in 2021. Zach Wilson goes number two. So there shouldn't be that big of a gap between the two. And I understand everyone know everyone knew Trevor Lawrence was better. All he did in college was win. Struggled last year. Urban Meyer, you know, probably the the brunt of the criticism for that. Trevor Lawrence this year, start the season didn't look great. But now you look up and the Jags are number one in the AFC South. They're going to go to the playoffs, assuming they take care of business against Houston and the Titans who looks like they'll be without Ryan Tannehill the rest of the season. He's going to try to come back and play, but even if he does, he's so limited. Uh, I think the Jags should be the favorites to win that division, and it's Trevor Lawrence in year two taking the leap that we thought Zach Wilson was going to take. I found this stat courtesy of CBS earlier today. So uh, in 2021, Trevor Lawrence, uh, we're looking at QBR, had the second-worst uh, actually, we're looking at passer rating. So the second-worst passer rating in football last year was Trevor Lawrence. The worst was Zach Wilson, of course. This year, 
Lawrence has the largest passer rating jump in the NFL. It's plus 24.1, and Wilson once again ranks dead last. Now, how bad is that, you ask? Let's look at it historically. No player since the 1970 merger has finished last in passer rating twice. Zach Wilson is about to become the first player in NFL history post-merger to do that. Certainly not the list you want to be on. Don't give me bad offensive line, not enough weapons. He stinks. And let's hear from Zach Wilson following that game on what went wrong. You know, I just felt like I uh, didn't have any rhythm out there. You know, just trying to find some confidence out there on the field and just, you know, just find something to get us going, a little spark, and couldn't get anything there, man. And, and you know, I had opportunities, and I got to be able to connect on those, and uh, we're going to go back and watch it, and, you know, I'm sure coaches will detail it up and stuff for us. But, you know, right now the feeling is I just got to put my head down and just try and get better, you know, for these guys. And, you know, that's kind of my message to them out there is, you know, I'm trying to give them everything I got. I'm trying to lay it out there for you guys, and, and it's not good enough, and I got to put them in a better position. You know how you know things are bad? We had folks praising Zach for taking accountability after that loss last week against the Lions. He's changed his tune because remember after the New England game where they lost on the punt return, he put up three points. He was asked if he feels like he let the defense down that was so dominant, and he said no. So now we've come to the point where we have to praise him and, and give him all the adulation in the world for simply saying that, yes, he has to play better. That's how you know things are bad. Zach Wilson is not the answer at quarterback for the Jets. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no longer a quarterback controversy. I don't know that the future quarterback is on this roster. I guess what works in Joe Douglas's favor is that despite missing on this quarterback, he's hit everywhere else. So I think that gives him a little bit of equity. Because not too often you're going to allow a GM to draft a quarterback twice, especially when it's gone this horrifically bad. It's just, you know, what do you do with the GM? who had Like, the reason why the Jets exceeded expectations this year is because they were littered with talent, and that's because of Joe Douglas. By the way, Dak Prescott just completed a third and 30. So uh, I'm the fool earlier who was ripping him on Twitter for throwing that pick six, and then since then he's just been excellent. But I still don't agree with Ray Santiago who said, Dak's better than Justin Herbert. I think that's a bad take. Anyway, Mike LaFour was asked, uh, why does the offense work better with quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson? Can you put your finger on why it's working with quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna, Zach, I'm, I'm, I'm going to not answer that one. You know, I'm not trying to compare Zach to all the other guys. I got to figure it out and, and, and figure out a way to get him in a rhythm. And I haven't done that. So I, I'm not going to compare it. I, I thought Strev came in and did a really good job for what we asked him to do. Um, yesterday, I was really proud of him. I, I know he battled and had a great drive. Wish we could have finished that one out. And I think that the game could have got pretty interesting right there. But, you know, again, not trying to compare all, all those quarterbacks. Yeah, by not answering, you actually did answer. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone calls. We go Spike in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Well, first of all, happy uh, Merry Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas. And uh, I've been with you a long time. I know I finally figured out why we get along, even though there's 50 years between us, because we both hunger and thirst for righteousness. So that's a, that's a good starting point, wouldn't you say? Yes, it is. It, it is no. indeed the perfect no. starting point. Yeah, so let's 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 look at the whole landscape. Your favorite sports are NBA, MLB, and NFL. Is that right? Correct. In that order? Uh, okay. I would probably go basketball, football, baseball has become three, but sure. Okay, let's it's closer between two and three than one and two. So that's that's pretty obvious. Okay, so so you're a Jets fan. This youngster uh, Zach Wilson's probably five years younger than you. Is that pretty close? 
Uh, what is he, 22? He's so about seven. He, How old is Zach Wilson? Because uh, I'm 29. 22, Zach. 23. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, a, he's like a gunslinger yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he's 23. Yeah, so he's a gunslinger quarterback. They're trying to put him in the uh, behind the center and off the shotgun. He's immature a little bit. And the, and the fellow that was at the game that made the observance, uh, I'll cut Zach Wilson some slack only for his age. He might have been listening in the headset to, and reviewing the plays. Listen, he's just not a good quarterback. They missed. And, and as our friend, mutual friend Buddha says, you know, uh, the GM did great, except it's the two big positions, the quarterback and the OL. So the Jets have increased. You know, if I told you last year at this point they'd be this record, you'd be happy. You just have to live uh, with what you have. And I give you a lot of props. And I give everybody a lot of props. Daniel Jones has to be signed. He played beautifully again today. He's got command of the team. He certainly doesn't have the talent the Jets have. So I'm happy for that. So now let me go to the basketball for tomorrow, which is your first love. You got the two conference finals tomorrow. I think you respect my basketball acumen. I think so. I hope so anyway. Uh, I think the East is better than the West. I, I think Denver and Phoenix perhaps are the only two teams in the West who could get to the conference final. I think they're meeting tomorrow. And the East is Boston and Milwaukee, way above everybody else, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, lingering in the back. Is that about right? Yeah, um, I, I think the 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 Bucks and the and the the uh, Celtics are that's the class of the Eastern Conference, and then I yeah, think in that second tier you have the Cavs, Nets, and Sixers. So yes, right, right. So so what you have tomorrow is a preview, possible preview, good odds of preview of the two conference finals on national TV with football to boot. So just enjoy your day. Jesus, uh, I think sometimes you could be my grandson, and I'd be proud to call you that, the way you behave yourself and act. It's a real honor to uh, have spotted you early on, and I'm proud of that factor. Uh, is Donovan really psyched out to get his gift? Uh, he is, and I've got two now. So it's uh, Noah and yeah, I know tomorrow. That. Yeah. So, wow. Well, good luck tomorrow. What time are they going to get you up? About 5 in the morning? Uh, uh, do, do not speak that, you know, that. Do not speak that into existence. We're, we're praying for a little seven thirty, eight o'clock start. Because we've got a long day, as you mentioned, of, of NBA and, and, and football. And I appreciate the call, Spike, and the kind words. Happy holidays to you and your family. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Uh, got a long day tomorrow, so let's hope that that wake-up call is nowhere near 530 in the morning. Hour number two coming up next on 9870 SPN.